What's up, hockey fans, and welcome back to the Good Gold Podcast, episode 36. It is March 10th. Clemson basketball is four points down to 13th seed Miami right now. They're the five seed, and they just threw the ball away, so that's cool, too. Um, I'm here in Clemson, South Carolina, watching the game on my TV. That's Matt TR right across town. Matt, what's going on? What's up? Uh, Wrapping the Screaming Eagle jersey. We're undefeated yeah. in the Screaming Eagle jersey, so uh, bring them back full time. And we'll go 82 and a half. Matt's running on empty right now, coming back from a red eye from Tucson or from Denver, yeah. I guess. So, um, got up at 6.30 yesterday, uh, do all of my classes on Zoom from Tucson International Airport. And I have F-35s doing practice runs right next to the window that I'm sitting at while I'm trying to listen to our professor talk. You know, and it's just, it's Pretty awesome. Cool yeah. um, hop on the flight, eight hour layover in Denver. Um, so I take the train to downtown Denver, you know, hang out with Nate McKinnon, the mm-hmm. usual. Uh, He's like, this, I listen to the pod. I love it. Yeah. I went to this Tex-Mex restaurant. Uh, the host was pretty attractive. So that was cool. She was talking to me about <laughs> my layover. And, uh, yeah, so shout-out Rio Grande Mexican Restaurant in downtown Denver. And, yeah, I know this podcast, we have so many listeners that they're just going to get flooded with calls. Um, right. So. Uh, yeah, so you're welcome, sponsors. Anyway, That's and then I, I board my plane 2 a.m. Eastern time, uh, land at 6, shuttle to my car, drive here, get here at, like, 9 o'clock. So, you know. It was like a 27 hour day. I sleep till one. I wake up. I'm like, my mouth, I got cotton mouth. I like, my arms are weak. Uh, yeah. So empty is an understatement, but there's my story and I'm sticking to it. So you woke up to some good news, Matt. This is something that we alluded to earlier on previous episodes, but Disney has finalized their non exclusive TV streaming and media deal with the NHL for the next seven years beginning next season. Uh, I'll, go, I'll run through some of the details of that. They have exclusive Stanley Cup final coverage on ABC for four of those seven years, half of the playoffs every year, 25 regular season games on ESPN or ABC, which is about what NBC Sports does this year, uh, maybe, be, maybe a little less than that. If 75 regular season games, which will stream exclusively on ESPN Plus and Hulu, and they'll also take over NHL TV, which will stream a thousand or more um, NHL games every night. Um, I'm excited about this deal, Matt, because it just means that ESPN is going to talk about hockey a little more, which is exactly what the game needs. So, first of all, um, suck at basketball because their all-star game had the lowest like ratings ever. Um, during a pandemic. So no one wants to watch basketball. Everyone wants to watch hockey. It's on ESPN. Let's do the damn thing. Uh, Second of all, ESPN has never talked about hockey ever, and this means they're hiring. So what's up, ESPN? Hire us. And third of all, I have ESPN+. Plus. It's awesome. Uh, I get to watch, like, all the old UFC fights. So this is even better, like. The Cavs win in a triple overtime game. I can go back and watch it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So that's definitely cool. We'll get Stephen A. acting like he knows hockey. Max Kellerman saying, "Whatever." Like Ovechkin's gonna hit a yeah. cliff, and then he, yeah. you know, he wins four more hard trophies. Or like Alexander Barkov is the greatest player of all time. He's just <laughs> some weird stuff. Um, but hey, look what it's done to football and basketball having people like that driving the conversation. So this is great for the game of hockey. I hope that we see more hockey on ESPN, and I know we will now because now they have motivation to sell it. Amen. Yeah. All right. So Miami's up 65 to 62 with 40 seconds left. Clemson has – no, Miami has the ball. Um, if we don't win this game, I don't know what happens. We could be like a 12 seed in the tournament. <laughs> uh I think I would prefer to be a 12 seed than a five seed. I guess maybe so you don't have to play the 12, one seed. In the 12 seeds round. like that. 12 and 13 are those magic seeds. <laughs> yeah. 
where they win in the first round sometimes. Yeah. Oh, giveaway. <laughs> so we're going to post this like tonight <laughs> with like the games like been over for four hours. Yeah. All right. Uh, Patrick Kane <laughs> plays in his, <laughs> plays in his 1000 uh, game. Jonathan Taze breaks his silence as we, uh, for a video tribute, we know that he is going through some sort of illness, which is keeping him off the ice. Hope he's doing okay, but it was good to hear his voice, see his face. Uh, Kane has had a first ballot Hall of Fame career to this point. He has 400 goals and 660 assists for 1060 points. He has three cups, nine all-star game selections. He was the Calder Trophy winner in his rookie year in 08 and 09. 2012, 13 Conn Smythe winner. And 2015 and 16 Hart, Art Ross, and Ted Lindsay Award winner. He's seventh in all-time scoring among Americans, and he's six points away from fifth, so he should pass that by the end of the season. Again, first ballot Hall of Famer, one of the best American-born players of all time, and hopefully American hero at the next Olympics. Uh, yeah, well said. He is the first American in NHL history to win the Art Ross. So, Wow. Um, yeah, fun fact for you. And that's most points in a season for anyone. Yeah. The Barstool said uh, it was kind of cool because he just had his, like, 400th goal milestone and then, like, mm-hmm. thousands game right after that. Um, definitely first ballot Hall of Famer. Uh, I mean, his name's on the cup three times for the next mm-hmm. 80 years. Uh, Not um, guys can say that. Barstool tweeted, like, the greatest American hockey player ever. He's definitely in the conversation. You know, if there's a if there's a table of four at you know at a restaurant and it's the greatest American hockey players that have ever lived, he's definitely at the table. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if he can pass Brett Hall or you know guys like that, uh, Phil Esposito. Well, he passed Brett Hall in points, but you're right. It's just yeah, but from a reputation standpoint, yeah. Also, Brett Hall has 340 more goals than him, so. Um, and Brett Hall had to play against, you know, the guy we talk about for 30 minutes every episode. So Wayne Gretzky. Yeah. Wayne Gretzky. Yeah. Anyway, definitely first ballot. Um, and I'm, it's awesome that, you know, we grew up in a generation where Patrick Kane was wrecking the league. Um, Agreed. Definitely in 20 years, we're going to be telling our kids about Patrick Kane and his six shootout goals and, hopefully yep. taking America to the gold medal in 2022. Exactly. Yep. Huge Olympics coming up for the Americans. Cause a lot of guys in his age, uh, which is kind of the first of our life, the first like great American players who are really making an impact every night in the NHL. So yeah, he's just one of those guys that you grew up liking just because, you know, he's from the U S and obviously you and I talk all the time about how much international hockey we watch and how much we love it. So yeah. And this Definitely is kind of like, not, yeah, the Patrick Kane, you know, generation of Americans, this is probably their last run, you know, at, at an Olympic gold medal. Um, we, we haven't had them in the Olympics for some time, but like in 2026, I don't see Pat. I mean, Patrick Kane will be around like 1350 games. Like, yeah. Can he still produce the way he is now? Guys like TJ Oshi, mm-hmm. you know, those guys will be probably 35, 36. So right. yep. it would be it would be insane to see this generation finally bring a bring a gold. Yeah, God, I can't even imagine. Okay, let's get into some suspensions. We actually haven't had a lot of suspension talk on this podcast um, this season, but there are two to talk about. We'll start with the less contentious of the two. Dante Fabro suspended two games for elbowing on Brock McGinn. As always, go watch the video. Um, as much as we don't like to see guys get hurt, the videos are kind of funny. Not because it's a guy getting hit, but it's just the how dry whoever does it. Is it Brendan Shanahan? It could be Shanahan. Whoever's narrating that video is so dry and almost like – It's uh, NBC Sports, right? Like the – No, it's the Department of Player Safety that makes these videos. Okay, yeah. Um, and they put them out on Twitter, and the guy's like right. – so you can see here, yeah, uh, like, and you're this, like, this is elbowing. You're like, ah. <laughs> um, I, I couldn't tell when his elbow just slammed into the guy's temple. So basically um, to, just, to go ahead, Matt. Yeah, no, I was going to break it down, but go ahead. Okay, basically to explain this situation, 
The puck is rimmed around the wall. Brock McGinn uh, goes to sort of stop it with his feet. So he's up against the wall in like a, a stationary position. And then Fabro comes in with his elbow up, but not really in an unusual way. But he just kind of connects with Brock McGinn's face. And I might have had those mixed up, but Fabro was the one laying the hit. His elbow just connects with Brock McGinn's face. Um, I don't think there's really any choice. It's direct, significant blow to the head with the elbow. Uh, two games feels appropriate for me. Yeah, I mean, it definitely wasn't intentional. Um, if his, you know, head is in a different spot, it's a routine hit, uh, what it looks like. I mean, his elbow was kind of high, but he was bracing himself for the hit, like for those on YouTube, like this. Right. Um, and Brock McGinn's head just happened to be right here. So, I mean, it was like a clean John Jones elbow. Um, but it's unfortunate because that, you know, obviously that wasn't the intention. Um, right. And in that explanation video that we just alluded to, um, player safety department does say it's not uncommon for guys to put their elbows and hands out in the front to sort of brace for the impact. Mm -hmm. They don't want their chest bearing the load of the hit. Um, it was just another one of those situations, except his elbow just happened to hit him in the face and it hit him really, really hard. I would be surprised if McGinn wasn't, you know, injured. He played the rest of the game. Yeah. Okay. So he's okay. Right, right after so, the there's hit, 15 he seconds actually, left. So I'm going to call this. All right. Timeout. Never mind. Uh, uh, right after the hit, he was on the bench, just like spitting out. And it's like, that's such a typical hockey player. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's uh, no way he's coming out of that game. All right. Let's get to this next one. And it's mm -hmm. controversial uh, mm -hmm. because, of course, of course, this has to happen when our teams are playing. Um, Tom Wilson suspended seven games for hit on Brandon Carlo. Um, Carlo, he was, I mean, it was a great acting job. Uh, yeah, he went to the hospital. Uh, I mean, look, Tom Wilson has maybe the worst reputation in the game of hockey, so that's why he got seven games. But I guess it's just like such a wishy washy thing of like, you know. I believe he got seven games because he's labeled a repeat offender, but according to the letter of the NHL repeat offender bylaws or whatever you want to call them, he's not. I mean, it's been almost three full years since his last suspension. Um, and, and you said before the pod, what is it? 18 months is like the, yeah. So it's 18 months, but there's some weird explanation where they say they can't use it in order to give a guy a fine or suspension, but they can use that. He has, all right, we just lost. I think. Yeah, we just lost. <laughs> Go team. That's bad. We just, God, we just lost in the first round of the ACC championship. Second, second. We got to buy. Yeah, we got to buy. Okay. Our first. <laughs> uh, yeah. So it's something weird, but they can't use it as the primary reason to give a guy a suspension or fine but they can use it to justify giving a guy a certain amount of money or gains. As usual, it's not clear. Um, the Department of Player Safety is, of probably the four major sports, the most inconsistent, other than maybe the MLB. They, the Justice Department in the NHL does not, uh, you know, give justice. I don't know. I don't know. The... the the justice department quotations in the NFL is unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, I mean, some of the suspensions they really give win. for like, I mean, yeah, but Brady getting four games for a conspiracy theory of deflating balls on a night where it's negative 37. And then a player beats up his girlfriend and gets like a fine. Like, yeah. Um, anyway, we're getting off track, but so the hit it's like, Carlo goes in the corner and it's a puck battle and Wilson just comes flying in. And uh, when you, when you slow it down, it's like the hit shoulder to shoulder, but his head bangs up against the. Yeah. So he kind of hits, he hits Carlo's shoulder on the way to the head, you know? So it's not like, as the NFL puts it, it's not, the head is not the principal point of contact. The principal point of contact is the shoulder. 
However, he just kind of glances off the shoulder and then hits his head, you know. And it's and, such a bang bang play because right. like Carlos sees him coming and like turn like turn the way he turned his head is what made the contact with the head. So it's like when you look at it and obviously frame by frame, you're like, well, look, you can, but it's such a bang. The the issue I have with it is if I mean it is a bang bang play, you gotta call it on the ice. I mean I can't I'm believe it didn't. I cannot I'm fine with two minutes. I'm fine with five. But be consistent. If it's not a penalty on the ice and then you go back, you're like, wow, seven games. It yeah. really doesn't make sense to me. Like, it, if you miss a targeting in football, you can't go back and be like, this guy has to miss half the season. Right? Like, yeah. he gets a fine and then we move right. on. So, yeah, I agree with you. I think the main issue – with this whole suspension is the fact that it wasn't caught on the ice because you look at it full speed and it really does look terrible before you zoom in. Um, so to, to explain it, there's a scrum. Carlo is sort of, his head is sticking out at the front of the pile and he's just kind of like digging at the puck and Wilson comes in with his hands up, which you're not allowed to do. And his elbow hits his shoulder and then both his fists go into Carlo's head and he falls as a concussion, whatever. I don't think Tom Wilson is trying to hurt Carlo in that situation. I don't think he's trying to hurt anyone in any situation, but I also know for a fact that he's a mutant. He has a, a switch in his brain that he can't turn off. And that's part of what you love about him as a captain fan. I'm sure he has that ultra competitiveness. That's why he's able to fight guys and then just play games right after. I mean, it's typical in an NHL player. I don't think he's going around trying to hurt people. However, I think this is a dirty hit. You can't go in with your hands up. His stick and fist both go into Carlo's head. If they gave him any less, I don't think I would have been angry. But when I saw seven games, I was like, that's about what I expected them to give him, whether or not I think that's correct. Um, and here's what it is, Matt. And Marshan has a similar reputation for Tom Wilson. He doesn't play the game as physical, but he sort of gets a lot of stick work penalties and whatever. When Ovechkin the night before speared, Frederick in, in the groin, which was an innocent enough play. But do you remember that play? Yeah. Uh, he ended up getting fined $5,000. And a lot of Bruins and Cast fans on Twitter, obviously, were arguing about it. And the argument, obviously, is that if Marshan did that, he'd be getting six games, even though Marshan hasn't been suspended in three years. So I think to complain that Tom Wilson's reputation is part of this, even though it's not supposed to be, I don't think you can have it both ways. You know what I mean? I don't understand what you're you saying. You can't say when Ovechkin speared him in the groin, you can't say, well, of course, Marshanch would be suspended for that. He has a bad reputation. Ovechkin does not. But Tom Wilson has been suspended more often and more recently than Marshan. So I think it's fair game to use that if you're going to say, yeah, Marshan should be suspended for a play like that had he done what Ovechkin did. That's not both ways. That's just being consistent. No, I don't think you understand what I'm saying. Ovechkin got fined and not suspended and not, not penalized for spearing, yes. which is fine. I didn't think, right. For cast fans to come, for Bruins fans to say, well, if Marshan did it, he'd be suspended. Yeah, that's because the case, Marshan right? has a reputation. Agreed. So does Tom Wilson. So that's why he got I, so I'm not. Yeah, I'm not. How is it? Ha that, I'm not saying you're doing it. No, your argument is contradicting itself because you're saying – if Marshan were to do it, he would have gotten suspended, right? Yeah. Okay, Tom Wilson had a dirty hit, and, and he did get suspended because of his reputation. So okay. it's, it's just consistent. I think it's we're not... on the same page here, Matt. Marshan um, would be suspended for what Ovechkin did, which is right, because he's done stuff like that before. He has a reputation. He's a repeat offender. He gets suspended. Listen, Agreed. listen. The last – Ovechkin took – I mean, it was a – definitely a dirty play he shouldn't have done it but let's look at the alternative the last time a 19 year old wanted to fight a vetchkin his head slammed against the ice <laughs> and he was out the rest of the series so i think Ovechkin probably knew that it wasn't going to be good i mean uh, yeah. frederick is frederick <laughs> is a goon but like ovechkin's a 35 year old i mean he grew up in essentially siberia like he's just built different so 
I think if you're Trent Frederick, you have to go. All right. Well, I'd rather, you know, I'd rather, I'd rather be in pain for 10 minutes than be in the hospital for a week. Um, guess, yeah. So that, that's the way I look at it. So everyone's like, I want a Mexican's head on a stick. I'm like, I thought that was dumb. You got to say glass half full because the, the other alternative is Frederick's in the hospital. So, I mean, Ovechkin doesn't fight often, but when he does, it's not good for the other person. Right. I say the same thing about Char. I think Char is the best fighter in the league. He just never fights. And it was also awesome, Marcian and Char going at it a little bit. That was that was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, Wilson, whatever. Uh, be, just be more consistent. That's my whole point. Call it on the ice if it's a penalty. I think uh, everyone agrees with you, yeah. But I think he should have been suspended, and we can leave it at that. Also, one thing to think about here is seven games in a fifty-six game season is not one seven eight. games in an eighty. Right, is not a seven game. That's in, that's eleven games. Right. Okay, we already talked about Dante Fabro, so some suspension talk this week, uh, which is always interesting. Let's uh, talk about another league. One I agree absence. with, one I don't. So yeah, okay, I agree with both. Panarin returns from personal. Panarin returns from personal leave, joins the Rangers in Boston for a Thursday night game. If you remember, Panarin was receiving threats from Russia. Um, a hit piece was written about him from the Kremlin about him sexually assaulting a girl in. Uh, no, not sexually. I think he just hit her. Saying he yeah, punched a girl. Uh, like he punched this girl when she was like 16, and there's right. no and shred of evidence. There's no shred of evidence right. that this even happened. Um, so and so naturally Panarin even said that. Life. Yeah. Panarin even said, like, I've been outspoken about Putin, and this is just their cheap way of trying to like wreck what I have going on here, which is true. Because if yeah. you remember, like one of our first episodes ever, Panarin, it was like right after Panarin got in that whole like debacle with Putin. And I was like, what's the money line that Panarin makes it to the regular season a lot? Uh, I mean, it was right after he signed with the Rangers. So <laughs> this is like an ongoing thing. And it's weird. Like you're talking about arguably the most powerful man in the world in Putin. Like he, he just does whatever he wants and he unwields right. his power that wasn't really given to him. Um, what do you mean? He's like, you don't think he won by 99% in the election? <laughs> He won the first time like 30 years ago or whatever. I don't really know Russian history. <laughs> I just know that he, if it was a real democracy, he wouldn't be in. Anyway, um, I think it's weird how like <laughs> arguably the most powerful man in the world is like going at it, like trying to do this personal vendetta with a hockey player. But it's also mm -hmm. like Trump where he's, he's like tweeting back at celebrities. Like, Anyway, yeah, it's, it's just weird he's to like it. stooping to that level. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I yeah. mean, if you think about it, Russian hockey players, other than people in actual power, probably wield the most power in Russia, at least as if we talk about social capital. I mean, you got to think of it like Ovechkin is like Michael Jordan over there. Right. I mean, exactly. you have so many Cavs fans just because of him. Whereas, like, you know, Michael, like people were bull and LeBron, same thing. So I guess I get it. Like, LeBron's words carry way more weight than. Mm -hmm everyone else's so right so i think it's a similar thing but if you remember remember the rangers statement immediately after it was like extremely aggressive it was not as diplomatic as you'd expect them to be they were like this is obviously an attempt by the kremlin to sully the good name of panarin just because he disagrees with them um it's disgusting there yeah panarin is obviously upset and worried so he's going to take a leave of absence so that's over. It's been two weeks since then, and he'll be back on Thursday night. I thought it was awesome because it, at some point the gloves are off. Um, mm -hmm. And the Rangers being, what, like the seventh richest sports organization in the world, right. They speaking of power, um, I thought it was cool that they didn't. They didn't just back their player like professionally. They were like, look, this is our boy. Don't mess with him. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I loved it. So, yeah, I thought it was cool. It wasn't as professional, but so what? Like, this whole thing isn't professional. Right. Professionalism is out the window. Yeah. But good to have him back. He's good for the game. And obviously, he's an extremely good player. You know, good. All right. <laughs> Go ahead, Matt. Let's hear our games of the week. All right, our game of the week 
the Vegas Golden Knights. They are first in the Honda West Division. Uh, they are at the St. Louis Blues, who are second in the Honda West Division. Back to back. So March 12th, which is, I'm looking at my calendar, Friday. And March 13th, which is Saturday, both at 8 p.m. So expect to see Flurry one, Laner the other. Um, yeah. I mean, Vegas is so good right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Laner has been on IR, Matt. It could be COVID list, uh, but I think he is returning this week. So. Oh, I didn't even know that. Yeah. The only reason anyway. I know that is because he's on my fantasy team and he hasn't played in like three weeks. But they don't need him because Flurry's the best goalie in the world right now. That's true. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, the Blues have five more games than everyone else played. That's why they're second. But uh, Vegas and St. Louis are kind of separating themselves as the best teams, which is surprising that Colorado isn't up there as well. Um, and then you got the Wild, who are seven, two, and one in the last 10. Mm-hmm. So that West Division. I mean, it's definitely top heavy. Um, you got five good teams and then three really bad teams. But yeah, there you go. Those are games of the week. So I got Vegas sweeping. There you go. Um, in the interest of being interesting, I'm going to say St. Louis sweeps because obviously you could say split for every single one of these. But both well, those teams are both those teams are fun to watch, and obviously I have my allegiance to my guy Tory Krug. But it's hard to bet against Flurry right now. He's probably the best player in hockey as of as we speak. Yeah. Okay, sure. let's get into our power rankings from Emily Kaplan of the newly NHL associated ESPN. Yeah, Christian, right before the show was like, "Should we do the ESPN power rankings?" I was like course they just signed that deal we got to give our girl emily a shout out all right number one surprise surprise tampa bay lightning i'm just going into the standings right now um yeah they are eight one and one in their last ten uh one two in a row i mean we all knew this was coming um also the top four in the central division it's not even close between the top four and the bottom four. Yeah. Literally just stop playing in the central division. The top four teams are making the playoffs. Granted, um, we thought it was going to be like two and six, a two and six split with Dallas and, and um, Tampa Bay taking it. the cake and the rest uh, of them not being, not yeah. being good. Um, turns out Dallas is terrible. Even though they haven't played any games, they're eight, eight and five, which is obviously not great. Um, yeah, you got to win the games you have played. Right, and a couple teams are definitely surprising, one being Florida. I'd say the other probably being Chicago. They made a run at the end of the year, but they were not very good last year, and they lost their captain and one of their best fours in Jonathan Taze for the whole season. But they're still managing to win games. Yeah, and they're six points clear of Columbus right now, who is struggling. And um, I guess this is as good a time as any to get into this, People are calling for Tortorella's head, and this happens a lot because he's not a very likable person. But um, as much as we like Tortorella on this podcast, I definitely understand that uh, they overachieved for a couple of years in a row, but now they're probably under underachieved. Yeah, so that's interesting. Well, yeah, uh, Tampa, they're right now this week, they're the best team in the league. Uh, no, they're not. But they're up there uh, with the Maple Leafs dropping three in a row, and we're going to talk about that in a sec. But, um, we again, they won the Stanley Cup last year in dominating fashion. We knew they were going to be up here. So Yeah, all right. Let's get into number two, who we just alluded to. They're in our game of the week. The Vegas Golden Knights. They were ranked three last week. Uh, the description says in his age 32 season, match pack, Max Pacioretty isn't slowing down. Definitely an important add to that team a couple of years ago. And he's having a great year, as they just said. But the story of this team is obviously Mark Andre Fleury, who and Mark at Stone. the beginning, yeah, and Mark Stone, who at the beginning of the year, Mark Stone was named captain, and Fleury found himself in a situation where he was fighting for the starting job. 
we assumed that they would basically split time, which is important in a compacted schedule yeah. like this. It's 56 games in like 80 days or maybe 100 days, whatever it is. But he's not only earned the job, he's earned conversation as best goalie and best player in the league this year. And he deserves to be in that conversation because he's not, he's not carrying that team because they're scoring a lot of goals, but he's just playing out of his mind. Yeah, it was crazy. He started the season like nine one and nine zero and one, and like a nine four save percentage. Um, I, look, if he wins another Vesna, chalk him up in the conversation of Dominic Hasek, uh, Patrick Waugh, uh, the guys like that. Uh, he's gonna be at the table for for best goalie of all time. So, and this is a guy who five years ago was cut, basically was mm-hmm. the backup for a twenty one year old. Matt Murray, which is just crazy to think about because it was just cut for Tristan Yar. He's probably a well, we know who got the better end of that deal because Ottawa was terrible, but also Matt Murray is definitely the better goalie, (laughs) definitely this year. Um, anyway, yeah, it's crazy to think about how four or five years ago he's in a situation like that, and now today, worth saying he's a Hall of Famer. It's crazy to think six months ago he was like on his way out of the league because he felt so like he was backstabbed in the playoffs. Um, yeah, by Les so Saber. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's crazy because Robin Lehner like is a Vesna finalist. Like that's who before he got hurt. Mm-hmm. That's who he's beating out. It's not some like guy who's on the come up. Like it's, it's a guy who's established. Yeah. Uh, like it was when he started there. Chill out, Malcolm Subban. Um, <laughs> I will not take any Malcolm Subban slander on this podcast. Yeah, he's played like eight career games. I, I don't <laughs> know why I was talking about him the other day, but I was. And I looked at um, him. He, he's played this year, I think. Yeah, Anyways. for Chicago. Yeah. Um, yeah, Vegas. I mean, they're the best team in their division. Um, for sure it's really it's really not close and again uh, that's the only thing you can say and by now we have a very good idea of who the teams are in each division but and we say this every week we're not gonna know how the divisions stack up against each other until july all right number three is the team that's been number one for five weeks now uh the toronto maple leaves um yeah, I mean, they've been so dominant in this um, North Division, the Scotiabank North Division. Um, but, again, we don't know how good this Canadian division is. It's so fun to watch, but, like, how, how do they stack up against, you know, Vegas? How do they stack up against the Caps? Right, no um, idea. So, they've – even losing three in a row, they're still five points ahead of Winnipeg. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they're the best team in the in Canada by far. Um, so that's why you got to put them in here. But uh, they're six and four in their last ten. So it's, it's okay. Row, to, like you said. Yeah, it's okay to slow down a little bit, especially when you're, you've been the hottest team in hockey for weeks. 100%. Yeah, and people are saying that like owing their success basically to the defense because their offense has always been prolific. They just haven't been able to play defense, but Emily Kaplan is owing a lot of their success to their goalies. And they have three goalies who are basically playing right now. It's Frederick Anderson, Michael Hutchinson, and Jack Campbell. And all three have been out of the lineup for whatever reason uh, as the season's gone on, but they've all been playing great. And they're second in even strength save percentage, which is huge. And they moved up from 25th last season. So we can't understate, can't overstate the importance of goaltending in the NHL, and they have it. Yeah, um, and something we don't mention, and I'm glad she did, is how important five-on-five play is. Um, I mean, especially when you get into the playoffs, that's all it is, is five-on-five. 90% of the game, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. And, and that's a good indicator of, you know, how well they're going to do in the playoffs, especially, like, overtime. Um, right. you want you want good five on five numbers in OT. Yeah, and even in the playoffs, not as much ticky tack calls, way less power plays. Five on five is everything. And you have to have a good power play and penalty kill, but like 
when it gets. To I the mean, playoffs. in the play in the playoffs, yeah. the, the the special teams is so important because just like you said, like there's so many less chances. Mm-hmm. Um, right. So, but yeah, five on five, and that's bread and butter. All right, let's talk about the biggest jump of the week. This is Carolina moving up from eight to four. Uh, the Canes are mighty dangerous right now, says Emily Kaplan. Trocek has 13 goals in 24 games this season. Yeah, that Trocek is definitely a leader on that team. Brendan Moore said, you don't expect him to score at this rate, but we'll take it for as long as we can. Obviously, thank you, Rob Brendan Moore. Uh, very cool. <laughs> Carolina is great, like we said. They're probably another one of those teams that's surprising. You expect them now to be good. They've been good for a couple of years but definitely not to be, you know, up near the front of the pack with Carolina. I mean, with Tampa Bay in that, what is it? In that discover central division. Yeah. You don't expect them to be like, I mean, Tampa has a game in hand, but you don't expect them to be in contention to win like that division, especially with two Stanley cup finals um, or both Stanley cup finals. There's only two. Um, But yeah, I mean, you expect Carolina to make the playoffs. They have the talent. Rob Brindamore is a, excellent players coach he knows how to fire up his guys uh and they've won six in a row they're the second hottest team in hockey right now and we're gonna get to the hottest team here in a sec but yeah good i mean good for carolina because hockey in the south is such like a tough you wear a hockey jersey and people look at you like you're crazy so uh if teams in the south can keep playing well then you know it's good for the sport all right to number five we're staying in the same division the Florida Panthers they stay the same as last week Florida the team I think is the most surprising in the league right now we also got to give our props to Keith Yandel who played his thousandth game last week in a row Uh, he's he's up no he's up there close to 900 games in a row which is an unbelievable number but he had to earn his place on this team this year and he was he was scheduled or slated to be a healthy scratch in the first game of the season and he's since played well, earned a spot back on the team. He's a leader on that team, so he deserves it. But there's a lot of guys stepping up. And we talk about, I mean, Alexander Barkov was voted most underrated player in the league last year. Mm-hmm. And I think he deserves those honors. Another guy, Anthony Duclair, ranks top five in the league in expected goals for percentage. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> um, but that's another guy who's producing. That whole team is sort of stepping up, doing it by committee. Bobrovsky coming off a bad year is playing great. This is a really good team. Yeah, it's so crazy. It's kind of like – it reminds me of Columbus where, um, you know, they have a good goalie and obviously in Bobrovsky, um, who was the goalie that I'm alluding to in Columbus. Mm -hmm. And it's just like a bunch of weird pieces that are just fitting. Um, They're – I mean, if they make the playoffs, they're a sleeper pick uh, for sure. And, again – Hockey in the South. Uh, I don't even know if anyone, you know, pre-COVID, did anyone even go to Panthers games? Where are they? In Miami? I mean, it's just old Bruins, Rangers, Islanders, Cavs fans that – They retired. Yeah. 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 Fair enough. All right, number wow. six, the hottest team in the league. They won six in a row, eight, one, and one. They now lead the division, which I don't think anyone other than them saw coming. Um and that is the Mass Mutual East first place people. I don't even, I don't even know what to call it. Uh, the New York Islanders. Yeah, and they deserve it. I Again, I sort of get a look at all these teams in the East when they play Boston. I try to watch as many other games as I can. But you get to know teams pretty well when you play them seven times a year. And at this point, you played everyone basically three times or four times. God, are they good. They're 4-0, or I guess – yeah, they're four and zero against us, and we're three zero and one. I mean, zero three and one against them, losing in overtime last night or in the shootout. But God, they're such a hard team to play against. They win in every single play, every single way possible. They could score a ton of goals and kill you. Uh, they can win two one like they did the other night. They're just a great Which hockey is, team. Winning by six goals in the Islanders doesn't compute. Uh, no, Barry Trotz isn't. Barry Trotz, that's yeah. not a high flying offense, but. When I looked at the Bruins Islander score a couple of weeks ago when it was seven to two, I'm like, wait, did did the Rangers put on Islanders jerseys and, and go play? Cause this is such a great like Barry Trotz is such a great defensive mind. So for them to even 
think about putting up seven goals is crazy. Um, so shout out Daniel. Uh, I understand. Shout out my friend Mike. Mm-hmm. But your time's coming because screw Barry Trotz since he left us. Oh. <laughs> uh, let's I talk like- about Varlamov. He deserves a lot of credit. He's playing great. But Matt Barzal is the big story of this team. He held out at the beginning of the season. And obviously when this happens in hockey, because hockey is such a traditionally minded sport with a ton of old school fans, whenever a guy holds out in a contract like William Nylander did a couple of years ago, the entire conversation is, oh, he obviously doesn't care. He's in this for the money. He doesn't want to win. So, of course, Matt Barzell comes out and begins a pretty obvious heart trophy campaign. I'm not saying he's going to win it, but he absolutely deserves to be in the conversation because he had the goal of the year as it stands right now. I don't know if you saw it. Yeah, I was about to was, say that. His, uh, he was his going guy. Out, to yeah. Go. Oh, go watch. He it. went through the league, the legs in traffic beating a guy to the outside. I should say torching a guy to the outside. Uh, it was an unbelievable goal. It's going to stand so, as the goal of the year. I don't think you can beat that. He's so quick too. Um, yeah, it's crazy. Cause like we, we played them in the playoffs last year and I can't remember. It was one of the caps announcers was like, yeah, Barzell's more smoke than he is fire. Uh, or he's like, all smoke, no fire, something like that. And, like, literally 30 seconds later, he torched us for a goal. And I'm like, what Whatever are you doing? Um, so, yeah, it's about time that Barzell gets the recognition uh, that he's deserved. Because, uh, you know, after um, Tavares left, Barzell and Anders Lee have re- – and Anthony Bavillier, those three have really been the offense for that team. Uh, because they're so defensive minded. Um, so yeah, good for Matt Barzell. Um, and you know, they deserve all the, all the love they're getting, especially at eight, one and one and winning six in a row. All right. Let's talk about your caps who have moved up from 10 to seven. They're second in the division right now in the, in the mass mutual East division. And all the talk here is about their power play, which they say has been bad on the road on third of thir- three of 32, but that means for 9%, but they're at 26%, which means their power play at home is probably close to 50, which is – Dude, our power play at home is ridiculous. And it's so yeah. funny. You know why? Because mm-hmm. someone asked Laviolette about that, and he said, you know, our fans at home just really right. get our power play rocking because <laughs> there's no it's fan. It's weird. It's weird. Because, I mean, it must just be a coincidence because – It's not a coincidence. Other than Obi, sleeping in your own bed, there's no there's – Obi no knows advantage. that ice. Yeah. That, that, that circle he sits in. It just feels different when it's at right. home. Yeah, they keep um, it nice and soft for him over there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, our power play's always been, like, best right. in the league uh, because of, you know, the greatest goal scorer that's ever lived. Um, yeah, whatever. That's the expectation, yeah. Just I mean, we're at seven. That's fine. You know, I, I just want to get to the playoffs. Right. Yeah, it's just such a weird year. And, okay, this is pretty convenient. We'll move on to the Bruins at eight. Honestly, I don't think we deserve to be in the top 10 right now, but I know I have to defend myself here because two weeks ago we were at six in the NBC sports poll. And I said, that's ridiculous. This is the best team in hockey. <laughs> and then I said, people attack the scoring depth just because that's like what you do to the Bruins. The Bruins always a scoring depth, but this year they don't. Since then, I think the top line has 20 goals and, or whatever, 11 goals, and the second line has zero. David Craigie has zero goals this year. I mean, this morning, Don Sweeney came out with a statement that said, yeah, our scoring depth is an issue that we need to address. And he says that every year, and they never do it. God, I don't know, Matt. I I should stop saying good things about the Bruins on this podcast, and then maybe they'll play well. Um, Right now, eight is fine. If it's judging based on the last two weeks, we're the 24th team in the NHL right now. But if you're judging by the first two weeks of the season, we're the best team in hockey. So that's just how it works. Um, we're bad right now. Again, yeah, it's it's like if you do the power rankings every week, what's the criteria? Because um, in the last 10, the Bruins are 3-5-2, and two, and they've lost two in a row. Like what calculates them to be in the top 10? Um 
So, whereas I'm like Caps, I'm like, whatever. And we're seven, two, and one in the last 10. I mean, we did right. blow a three goal lead and New Jersey forced overtime yesterday, but that's a different story. Um, yeah, but the Bruins always turn it on at some point. So maybe yeah, that's why they're eight. I don't doubt that the Bruins will figure it out. I just hear Nick Ritchie's being compared to Milan Lucic, which is ridiculous because Nick Ritchie hasn't dropped the gloves a single time. I like the way he's producing. He has eight goals already in 22 games on the second line. But Milan Lucic used to pummel people and then score two goals that night. So, yeah, he's like the Dollar General Tom Wilson. Um, <laughs> Who, Lucic? Yeah. Lucic was uh, Tom Wilson before Tom Wilson. Milan Lucic is working at Home Depot. So I don't know what. No, you're he's not. About. He's still in the league. He's still <laughs> ragged on. No people. way. No he way. Is. He um, is. At number nine, St. Louis Blues. Uh, I didn't even know this. They welcomed Tarasenko back this week. Yeah. Um, that's going to be huge for the second half of the season. Um, yeah. I mean, they're already second. They have the most games, I think, in the league. But um, yeah, like the Blues are always good. Uh, yeah. The, the, you know, they're going to, they're going to make their way in the playoffs. The question is, you know, right as it stands, they're going to have to face a really hot wild team, you know, if the season ended today. Um, so we'll, we'll see, but Tarasenko is so big for that team. Uh, he's Feels so like he hasn't played in three years. And That's honestly, true. it could be that. It could be that. So we'll see how he does. Yeah, even if he adds 10 goals in the rest of the season, he's not going to hurt the team. Yeah, I, I don't mind them at night. All right, let's round out the top 10 with the Winnipeg Jets, who are pretty hot right now. Paul Stastny, who honestly could be 63 years old, and it wouldn't surprise me, signed yeah, this summer. For a second so, tour of duty with the Jets, they said. Uh, Paul Stastny is Peter Stastny's son. And honestly, they could be the same age. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why, but Paul Stastny's been in the league since 1987. Yeah. Um, yeah, so the, the Jets are good after dumping off that absolute disappointment of the loser, Patrick Lina, who plays Fortnite and eats Cheetos all day. Wow. Uh, he's not having a, a good go of it in Columbus, and Winnipeg has not looked back since getting rid of him. I'm not saying that's why they're good, but I am saying they are good without him. So take that as you may. Um, yeah, I don't even – does Paul Stastny really deserve, like, this shout-out? Um, her descriptions are kind of weird, but I don't mind Winnipeg at 10. because they are I, playing I love her well. rankings, but, like, yeah. she, she throws out, like, where is it? expected goals for percentage what is what does that even mean so having uh, gone back and read that i think she's saying duclair is expected to score a lot of goals and isn't so it's kind of like uh he's not even scoring and they're still playing this well so imagine when he turns it on but again, so it's just like an algorithm say. that the way he's playing and the amount of shots he has like he's bound to score like is that right. what that means um yeah anyway yeah winnipeg i mean Again, going back to the standings, they're second in the division. Um, I'm pretty sure they play Mon- or um, Toronto this week, so we'll see how they stack up. Plus, yeah. again, Toronto's on a skid, so you know, kick them while they're down uh, because yeah. if they if they get back up, they're gonna blow out this division. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, you know, I love that culture in Winnipeg. I really do. Their, their whiteout games in the playoffs are just Amazing. insane. Um, and, you know, they made the Western Conference Finals two years ago. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm happy Winnipeg's good again. Uh, I'm happy they're back, uh, which it sucks that they took from Atlanta now that we live two hours away from Atlanta. But no one went to Thrasher's games. And, uh, yeah, so I'm glad the Jets are back. Plus, their retro 80s Jets jerseys are sick. Yeah, I didn't hear anything you just said. I don't think it's because you're out. I think it's because I got just got a phone call and now I can't hear anything. Hello? Whatever. That's all we got for today anyways. So thank you all for listening. <laughs> Hopefully you can hear me right now because there's literally nothing coming out of my headphones. Okay, Matt's giving me the thumbs up. I'm uh, giving him the thumbs up. He can't hear a word I'm saying. Uh, what?
You're back. You're back. I can hear you. All right. Dude, I went on this 10-minute rant about the Jets. You didn't hear any of that? No, literally. Someone <laughs> called awesome. me, and then my sound turned off. Um, all right. Uh, the summary was, I'm glad the Jets are back in Winnipeg. It sucks that they you know, went from Atlanta to Winnipeg because we're now two hours from Atlanta, and the Jets' 80s jerseys are sick. Yep, they are. That's, awesome. that's the summary. All right. Well done. Well said. <laughs> but anyways, that's all we have anyways. To recap – the most oh, exciting uh, part of this week is ESPN. So we're fantasy standings. Oh, I, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely dead last. Let's get up on. Uh, I lost bad last week to your brother, Matt. And now Nick, I my dad this week. You lost to Nick, right? Nick. I don't. Maybe I did. Um, getting killed by my dad. Fantasy. Yeah, Nick. So Nick hard. was like. Nick was like Christian talking all this crap, and I'm whooping him in fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, he gets, Nick loves it. He's so into it, but it's like, he gets so frustrated because he's like, um, you know, all these COVID breaks and stuff. I only get like someone else is scoring 88 points and I only have two guys play it. Yeah, I know. It doesn't make any sense. It's so difficult. So, um, oh, I guess we can let the cat out of the bag. I've been accepted to the university of Arizona for That's grad right. school. Um, are you prepared to give your commitment or what? Is this, I, dude, this I don't is? know. No, no, I'm not. Um, I got a lot of – if anyone has – picks up that. <laughs> that's what I was saying. I, Me and Nick were talking about I'm going to get an Arizona hat and then, like, a bunch of random hats, like Dale Earnhardt Jr. hats, like, that don't even make sense. And then when I, like, commit, I'm just going to, like, mm-hmm. put my – um, yeah, if anyone has 65000 burning a hole in their pocket, let me know. <laughs> Yeah, no, a lot of you have that, so. Yeah, well, we have, like, 8 million listeners, so. <laughs> right, so one. one of you is bound to be filthy rich with nothing to do with that money. Right? <laughs> yeah, except <laughs> invest in someone's grad program. Right. All right, um, go Caps. Uh, I'm going to go sleep. All right, man. <laughs> See you all next week. See you all week. later. <laughs>